Hey everyone, this is Annie Tevlin, founder of Skin Owl Skincare and your host of Off the Record, the podcast. From years of helping people with their skin, it dawned on me that when you're talking to people about their skin, be it acne or aging, the conversation so often becomes about one's insecurities, lack of self-worth, and how to reconcile who they are while living in the skin they're in. The road to healing one's skin is not solely paved with a good face oil or eye concentrate, but with an openness that I have felt so fortunate to be on the other end of. This vulnerability motivated me to start a podcast, this podcast, one that has evolved into a magnetic epicenter of amazing humans telling their story in a truly raw and transparent way. Join me every Monday as my guests and I dive deep into universal truths by way of humor, heartache, and hope. Now it's just you and me, I respect your privacy. What happens here when I believe this room? So lock the door, put me in, put a finger to my lips. Cause I can't say I'm not what I would do. Off the record with you. One of my goals upon moving out of Los Angeles six weeks ago and into the great state of Idaho was to spend ample and valuable time on my own self-care. And not just in the warm bath kind of way, but more in the direct healing kind of way. You see, after living in Los Angeles for 18 years, it hit me somewhere along my drive between California and Oregon that my nervous system was in need of some serious care with a capital C. I would find myself awake for an hour or two in the middle of the night after years of comatose-like sleep. I was becoming increasingly more frustrated by the many things that have always been a part of living in LA, be it the traffic, the egos, or energy sucking. Simply put, I needed a fighting chance at dialing down what I imagine was a very keyed-up Annie for many years. And Idaho seemed like a beautiful place to start tapping into the many modalities I found overwhelming in LA, mostly because it was the start of a new chapter and a place that has always felt healing by default. Be it the trees, the rivers, the pink sunsets, it all hugged me upon my arrival. And like that, I was inspired to keep the warm fuzzies coming. I found a therapist, a Reiki healer, a second Reiki healer, an energy worker, and joined my first wine club, which I imagine will serve its own purpose along the healing tour. I was out there, open, ready to unlock and unpack the baggage I came to Boise with. And while each of these experiences awarded me a restful hour and a bit of insight into the whys, it wasn't until my hour-long session with Kiki Robinson last week that I felt tapped into the presence and peace I had long been seeking. Kiki took me through a myriad of modalities ranging from oracle and tarot card pulls, energy work, breath work, moments of silence, all of which left me feeling a wholeness I didn't know I needed. Case in point, healing will find you if you seek it. And I have today's guest to wholeheartedly thank for what I will forever look back on as my first real grounding experience in Idaho, as I already hold back the tears. So let's get to know today's guest. Meet Kiki, aka the opulent witch on Instagram. In Kiki's words, I am a queer witch, tarot reader, artist, and freaky non-binary star being. Kiki started working with tarot when she was 17 years old, and from there, Kiki began melding tarot with psychic mediumship, ritual, and spell work as she practiced in the magic of her ancestors. Her work is centered in sovereignty, heart courage, and disrupting the systems that bind us while remaining deeply committed to community healing and magical activism. 
Her training and education is vast, as you can imagine, ranging from Reiki master training, vibrational medicine, spiritual death midwifery, in-depth channeling, curse and thought form unraveling, and end-of-life doula training. Kiki has the kind of presence that makes you want more, not solely because of her craft, but because of how she continues to see people for who they are and the sides of themselves they can't yet see. So I am so honored to be sharing this space with Kiki today, and I, for one, cannot wait to share Kiki's presence with all of you, the listeners. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome the beautiful and talented and gifted Kiki Robinson to the Off the Record Zoom Room today. Welcome, Kiki. Hi. It's so nice to be here. <laughs> it's it is truly incredible. Like I, you know, I think people say this ad nauseum just because how can I say this? You know, we're all I think especially right now in this day and age, we're all in need of some kind of human touch, some kind of human word, some kind of healing. We're all dealing with grief, we're all dealing with great change and and that yeah. goes I think without saying. But you know, I think there are people that just stand apart and there are people that stand alone in terms of what they're able to provoke and, and um, extract out of people. And I think, right, like somebody could have a different experience with someone that I kind of had a so-so experience with, but you, I, I didn't see it coming. You know, I really didn't see it coming. I sat with you on this bed that I am now recording on and you walked me through some very familiar modalities, but it just felt so peaceful and present and it's your voice and it's your it's the way that you see people and it's the way it's like immediately I could have been super keyed up and then sitting across from you on this zoom I just everything in my nervous system went down have you been told that often that you have a presence about you that that evokes that very quickly out of people Uh, oh gosh I feel like I'm blushing because um it's yeah I I have been told that and part of me feels a little bit like I can't take credit for that (laughs) because, you know, it's so, I work so much with my spirits and my ancestors that they often move through me when I'm doing that work. So I really let them, you know, consensually take the wheel Um, and yeah, it's funny because I'm like, I'm just... I'm just me. I'm a, a nerd and like a freak. And <laughs> it's amazing. You know? It's amazing. I want to, you know, I want to back up. I want to know kind of like how this story began for you. You know, at 17 years old, you felt called to do some of these practices. Um, what was going on in life at 17? Like, can you paint us a little bit of a picture? So I grew up in the greater Seattle area, kind of out in the woods. So um like a bit outside of the city in a small town and grew up really immersed in nature. You know, like I would run into the woods and like just spend hours hanging out there. So I was like kind of really connected to nature at a really young age and really connected to those spirits. And then, you know, as I got older, I feel like there's this aspect of like peer pressure and like, you know, things that start disconnecting you from your magic. Because I think that children, as children, we're so deeply connected to that magic. You know, I I feel like our inner childs and like like our younger selves and um, children are just so open and connected to that. Um, And there's that beautiful innocence there. But I think, you know, I remember just kind of, you know, starting to grow up and, you know, become a teenager 
there's all those like aspects of societal pressures and, you know, just having a really hard time feeling comfortable in my own skin, like (laughs) a lot of teenagers do. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've always been really fascinated with witchcraft and magic. And so I remember when I was 17, I was such an introvert too. Um, You know, I think I tried to kind of force myself to be an extrovert, but I um, was an artist and I still am an artist and my mom is an artist. So I just really grew up creating and around art making. So um, I was kind of just like an art nerd. And I, I was also just, you know, kind of seeking, I think, something that would connect me, you know, like tap me in. So I remember getting my first deck and it was like at like a used bookstore or something. And it was, I still have it actually, it's on my (laughs) altar right now. And I sometimes I'll bust it out, you know, and work with it because it just is like so nostalgic for me. But it was like a dream tarot deck. So it was a connection to dream magic. Were you there looking for the tarot or did the tarot find you? No, it found me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, what am I going to get? You know, like, <laughs> am I going to get this? Like, okay. And it's funny. Well, it's like kind of all coming back to me. Like, I remember around the time I went to go see my first psychic. And it was one of those, you know, like, um, you know, like with the neon sign, yes. like psychic, psychics, like, you know, whatever, uh, palm reader. And I got really into it. Like I I think I went to that psychic like three or four times because I was just like, it's something resonated, like something connected me. And I was like, oh my God, what is this? Like it felt like this awakening slash remembering. And then I started working with this tarot deck. And then I I would I remember there was this used bookstore like in the town next to where I grew up. And I started just buying all the books, like the psychic mediumship books, the magic books. And, you know, I, I was actually laughing with a friend the other day, like about one of the books that I would read. It was like this really like old school, you know, like from the sixties, like how to be a psychic medium, you know, yep. taking you through different kind of hokey, you know, <laughs> taking you through different exercises. But it that's some like very legit stuff. So yeah, I just started really tapping in and um, working with the tarot. And what I will say and preface this with is like, my journey hasn't been linear with it. It's been very, it's been very non-linear. So how so? Like, how do you see, I mean, there's also like so much there, you know, I imagine being 17 Mm -hmm. and going into something, um, you know, like witchcraft and like magic. And if I can, you know, jog my memory back to high school, a lot of people were just trying to kind of stay under the radar and fit in and make certain compromises socially and in every possible way, exploratory, sexually, like you're just kind of, you're just kind of, you know, it's it's the mob mentality is sometimes the way to stay the safest. And for yeah. you going into this whole other kind of celestial world that you were so passionate about, that was a calling for you. How was that received? Yeah. You know, how did that how did that kind of manifest in the halls of high school? Well, so back then it wasn't cool to be a witch, you know, because like now you know we're seeing this really beautiful in in 
renaissance of witchcraft. And it was kind of like seen as scary or dark. And um, I remember actually, it was my first year of college. And one of my roommates, I had like a bunch of black candles. And she was like, oh my God, you're a witch. And at the time I was like, I don't know, like, am I? And just kind of blown away that she was really freaked out and like kind of told some other people about like, you know, these black candles that I had. Um, And so, yeah, you know, it's complicated because like, I think also my family was kind of freaked out by things and, you know, still are there. Both my parents grew up Catholic. So there's... It's an interesting history too, because so much of Catholicism is based in paganism. But then, you know, throughout history, there's been a real fear and persecution of magic and witchcraft and like even herbalists and, you know, midwives. So there's a lot of ancestral stuff there too. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. It's like I I before we we pressed record here, you said, you know, are you into astrology? And I think there's this part of me that has always been into the things that I can't explain. You know, I've always felt connected to the earth and I've always felt very connected to animals and I believe in a higher power. And I, I loved reading my horoscopes as a kid. And of course, like the horoscopes that didn't resonate with you, you were like, that, this shit's bullshit. And then you would have the one horoscope that did speak to you. And you were like, okay, I'm back. I'm back in it. I'm a full-blown Aquarian. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it, it was always this like fun kind of world growing up. But as I've gotten older and as I've attached to these different modalities, those many of which that you're speaking of, it's like, I, I don't know if I've, taken everything that every psychic has ever said to me, but I like the feeling of being in the, in the, in the arms of wonder. You know what I mean? I like questioning and considering whether or not this could be true. And I like, and I like being on the other end of someone seeing me, you know, in ways that I can't see myself. And that's the gift that I think you possess and that I firsthand experienced with you is there's a lot of people that can't do what you do. There's a lot of people that can't read people or feel things or have these intuitive downloads, so to speak, and connect them to someone's past, present, and future. And you can do that. And that is a true gift. That is not something that can be taught. And when you're on the other end of someone who's doing it inauthentically, you can also tell. And it doesn't feel wholehearted. So there was probably people along, you know, not just these, the psychics and the palm readers and these people, but there was probably something or people from your childhood that that maybe you you felt seen by or you didn't feel seen by that then set you, I, I would imagine, on this quest to learn more. Is that accurate? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, I feel really connected to um, my ancestors, both the ones that I do have known in this lifetime and then the ones I have not known in this lifetime, but still have a deep connection with. And you know, someone that's really coming to mind is my great aunt who, she never said it, but I know she was a witch. She was so into astrology, into, you know, art and magic and, you know, everything, it, you know, otherworldly. And, you know, I think that there are people in our lives, I would hope for everyone that do really see us and witness us. Um, even when we're like younger, like when we're a teenager and I'm just so grateful to have those experiences too, because it really kind of 
it was an inspiration too. Like, or like, oh my God, I feel so held and seen. And I hope to also be that person for someone someday too. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, what what would you tell someone listening to this podcast who's like, witchcraft? I, you know, I'm I'm going back to that like late 90s you know, the craft, right? Like the movies, all of these like personifications of what it is that witchcraft is. Like, how would you define witchcraft or at least the 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 way that you uh, practice it? So I feel like witchcraft is a remembering. It's a remembering of our magic. And I see magic as living and breathing and it's alive. And we know that feeling when we're connected to our magic, you know, because the way people express their magic can be so vast and so various. It's so beautiful too, because it doesn't have to just be one way. Um, Something I do really believe in too, is the connection to earth, honoring earth and honoring nature and connection to the elements, Um, air, fire, water, and earth. And really seeing our, our bodies and our beings as living altars that we are, we have those elements within our bodies and we hold our magic in our bodies and our beings as well. So it's a, I see it as a remembering to a, you know, deep connection to magic will incite that feeling of also mystery too, of like, I can't put my finger on this. I can't, you know, put this into words, but it feels like a mystery. It feels like home, you know, it feels like that coming home to yourself. And, you know, how I come to witchcraft too is I, I identify as a community witch. So my my biggest, you know, intention is to be in service to other people, to be in service to community and um, to be in service to the collective as well. Like um, that is my, kind of my number one, you know, like it feels so important, especially in the time that we're living in at this moment. And it's interesting too, because you brought up the craft, like I feel like we can kind of look through history and look through pop culture and see where it's popped up. You know, like the nineties, like I loved the craft and like charmed. Oh my God. Sabrina, the teenage witch. Like I grew up on that. Like that's what also like inspired me. I was like, Oh my God, what? Like Sabrina, the teenage witch is so cool. Yeah, they were like, like these I want to fierce, badass women that you were, I like couldn't even try and access that part of myself, but I, you know, you'd live vicariously through them. Like it was just like they, they were, they were next level. Oh, 100%. And I think too, when we see that, when we see that in pop culture, we can also, you know, I think it inspires people to be connected to their magic too. So, yeah, I'm not going to lie. Like that was a big influence growing up around connection to witchcraft. And I think also kind of what inspired me to, you know, get connected to my own magic. And it's it's really cool because, you know, when you see it pop up in yeah mainstream or pop culture, you're like, oh, there is something under the surface. People are hungry for it. They're, they want to be connected to that embodiment. of power and sovereignty. So it's Mm. exciting. I mean, you know, to make this even, to take it one step further in terms of relatability, what do people, while while keeping in the tides of privacy, you know, what are you finding most people coming to you about? Like, what are the sources of of what people want Mm. healed or, or what types of magic do they want to tap into? Yeah, it's really interesting because I often will have like themes 
um, it comes in waves. A lot of what I do is ancestral uh, healing. So healing with through someone's blood lineage. So um, I think, you know, I really believe that a lot of our magic comes through the lineage of our ancestors. And in a way we have like a, a, a job, if you will, to like pull that magic through. And sometimes what can happen is like that magic will get stuck or we can't access it for whatever reason, you know, through just even assimilation or like being cut off from um, the original, you know, like the origins of the lineage or family, you know, trauma or intergenerational trauma. And a lot of what I do um, for folks is really help on healing that and bringing forward the magic for them. So sometimes people will ask for, um, you know, connection and work through family patterning, family belief systems, family narratives. And then a lot of time people will just want to know about their purpose, like why they're here on earth. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And I get a lot of questions around um, career and like love relationships too. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's it felt so foundational i think is the word that's coming to mind for me it's there's all these things right love and career and money and and all these goals and they're all pretty surface level goals they're things that yeah. we all want to feel we all want to have they make us feel whole they make us feel like we're able to share parts of our heart and and access parts of ourselves that we know we have in us, you know, access our full potential if we can achieve these these different chapter headings. But in order to even get to a place where you can have a successful relationship with yourself or someone else or your career or know your purpose and know your passions, it's like you've got to go to where it all began. And I think that was one of the most remarkable parts uh, about our session and my time with you is it just felt like you brought me back to my most innocent soul. You know what I mean? Like what you were saying, like before the ego sets in, before the social hierarchy, before you check in how you look in the mirror to make sure that you're like keeping up with, you know, the the Joneses. It's like you're, yeah. you went back to the most innocent place for me and started beckoning things that like my soul needed. And And if you're able to speak yeah. to our, to my soul, then everything from there, I think gets easier. Yeah, I fully, I feel that. And something I do in session work is when I set the container, like I did for you at the beginning of our session, is calling in the spirits that love you and like your ancestors that love you and your allies. We we all have them, you know, we all have benevolent and kind and bright allies, ancestors, guides that love us, who want to walk with us. And sometimes people will be really disconnected from them, you know, for whatever reason. And so my, my intention is always to bring those spirits and the true and powerful self. So I see, you know, I've been working on kind of dismantling like hierarchy of like the higher self and calling the higher self, the true and powerful self, because I think it speaks a little more more resonantly to the power of our soul and you know really calling in those energies that support you too and sometimes it can feel like a coming home like it can be like oh my gosh I can feel safe I can when you're being held by those spirits that love you absolutely it can feel like family you know <laughs> absolutely I <laughs> 
just to to remark on this, I had a therapy session. It was like the best day ever in terms of self-care. I like woke up, I got to meet with you. I was on cloud nine. Then I was like very clear on what did I want what I wanted to talk about in therapy. I went to therapy. I raved about you. And I'm sure she was like, well, okay, like, did anything that we talk about in our session help? And I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. But like, but like seriously, Kiki? No. And so I was like going on and on about uh, about our session and just the peace that it brought me and how one of the most remarkable things that I, I want to kind of um, review with, with you and also share with the listeners is, and probably the most powerful part of the session was how the trees wanted to be seen by me. And right, like to, to think that, that, that nature, that is kind of this two-way conversation in nature it's always just been like the nature is here for the taking. And I think with consumerism, that's how, yeah. how we often see it. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm here to stare at the tree and the tree is just supposed to be there and it better stay beautiful for me. And the sky, like, oh shit, the sun's going down already. Like, it's this kind of selfish preoccupation that we sometimes have mm-hmm. with nature, which is that it is here to serve us. And, it, and we so rarely yeah. see it as an opportunity to... to you know, share back and, and to, to see it for what it is. And my therapist said, you know, everything that you went through with Kiki in this session, it's reminding me of Ram Dass's, um People Are Trees. And I was like, what? And she's like, I want you to share this because if you're interviewing her, it might be something that like you, it's, it puts all of what you said kind of into this paragraph. And so I want to read it for you and, and for the people listening. Yeah. Um, It's on judging yourself less harshly. He wrote this. Um, I think that part part of judging yourself less harshly is observing oneself more impersonally. I often use this image. When you go into the woods and you look at trees, you see all of these different trees. Some of them are bent and some of them are straight and some of them are evergreens and some of them are whatever. And you look at the tree and you just allow it. You appreciate it. You see why it is the way that it is and you sort of understand that it didn't get enough light and so it turned out that way. And you don't get all emotional about it. About it, You just allow it. You appreciate the tree. The minute you get near humans, you lose all of that. And you're constantly saying you're to this or I'm to this and the judging, kind, the judging mind comes in. And so I practice turning people into trees, which means appreciating them just the way that they are. And I was like, and the tears. <laughs> That is, that's so beautiful. It reminded me of you. It just reminded me of you. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Trees, I I remember from our session, if I can just speak to it for a moment, they they were so present. Like I was like, okay, there's a specific tree in your backyard that is here right now. Um, And Mm -hmm. I really, truly feel like those, nature and plants and trees and rivers, they all have a spirit, you know, they all have their own unique spirit. And that's so beautiful too. Like I, I love that by the way, like, um, it just is, it's a a little beyond words. Yeah. It's it's like, it's that experience. It's something too, that I think if you, if you and I had met um, and I want to say this to anybody who's living in a city and maybe a little, um, you, you know, distracted and just kind of in the rat race and not spending a lot of time in nature. 
when someone like Kiki says to you, you know, the trees want you to see them. The trees want to be acknowledged. These things want to be hugged. It's sometimes like so far away and it's so out of reach because like you're not getting that ample time in nature. But if you can get there and if you can spend a Saturday or take a moment just to even like, as you were saying, ground yourself and just put your feet in the earth, like walk outside in your front yard in the grass and actually feel it then yeah. you can be on the receiving end of it. And so, and so much of what you imparted is, is simple. It's just, we've got to get past the blockages in our brain that we even have a place there. Yeah, absolutely. Also, I w- I've been reading a lot about how um, the being in nature and being around um, plants and trees really changes our brain chemistry too. It releases dopamine. And so we can drop into a more relaxed state. And I definitely see it as therapy going to the woods is a form of therapy. Absolutely. I, you know, how are you, (laughs) this is the most loaded question I think of 2020, but how have you been kind of coping with this year and and how are you making sense of what's going on in the world? um, And what do you see uh, for our future? It's interesting because this, year has maybe been one of the best years of my life um, in my personal and like practice-wise, career-wise. I've experienced so many blessings. I've also experienced challenge too. But there's something around a deep dismantling that I'm seeing collectively where in in the tarot, we call it the tower times. So the tower of destruction in the tarot is a card of a deep um, dismantling and unraveling of those systems of oppression that bind us. They, I see them as curses and that they bind energetically. Um, and so, you know, everyone experiences them to varying degrees, but something I'm really seeing is the the unraveling of capitalism as well and a shift around capitalism. And I think that as it unravels, it's also revealing new layers of the work that does need to be done. And, you know, kind of just bringing into that aspect of the conversation, like the the work of witchcraft, the work of witches and healers. I feel very much so that I, that's like part of my job is to help to disrupt those systems and to, and that's what a lot of what I do when I do client sessions is I am also going through either the ancestral lineage or, you know, even clearing from the person, those systems that can, can bind energetically and block, mm-hmm. like literally block the road from being open in front of you. So it's a really beautiful time. It's also, I think, a very scary time that we're in. Um, and there's both, you know, I think that there can be something I've realized this where I was like, oh, there can be both hope and terror at the same time. Yeah. And like both can exist simultaneously. And that was something I truly realized this year. Is like, I'm like, oh, I can be experiencing so much joy and also be connected to this collective grief as well. 
Yeah, because we've never had a backdrop like this before. You know, you used to joy was just joy and you didn't have to see it comparatively and you didn't have to feel guilty in certain ways, right? I mean, there's there's trauma and and grief and poverty, right? There's all of these things that have always been Mm -hmm. the low layer of the world that we're living in, but it's never been, I think, so loud and so personal. And people that you know are struggling in ways that, that, you know, you and I might not be and this person might be struggling in a way that Mm -hmm. that person is like, it's like, it's, um, we have a front row seat, you know, to the storm uh, of the ship that everybody is on. And so it's, it's to kind of toggle back and forth between like, can I feel this joy, but can I also feel this grief? And how can I have joy if there is this grief? It's a really fascinating place to be in human history. Yeah. And there's so much grief that hasn't been tended to, you know, that is asking to be tended to and witnessed and and seen. And I do feel like that partly is like a death process in itself and a, and a rebirth. Um, and I think about, okay, well, what comes after the Tower of Destruction? And in the tarot, it's the star, which the star is a beautiful card of inspiration and hope and replenishment. So there's this aspect of hope that I think that is like shining through the grief as well. So yeah, just, uh, I think for the future, I mean, it feels sometimes really unknown. Like even when I try to kind of tap in, I'm like, I can only see to like the timelines to like January, you know, like I'm like, I'm trying and I can usually kind of see, do like forecasts or like predictions. But I think that we, I really believe that we're multidimensional. There is multiple timelines that can be available. We all, there's choice, you know? And so our choices inform the timeline that's created. And as collective, we do have multiple timelines that can be available. And as, as a collective, we're making choices. So, you know, I, it's so hard to see even like just when I've tried to do like tarot around it or psychic mediumship, I'm like, I can only see till January. And that's just what's, what's going on. You know, I'm just going to accept that. We're just, maybe we're just supposed to live in the mystery at this moment too. Yeah. Or the presence. It's like, if we keep focusing on what's happening in the new year, then it's just an easier way not to, to keep the grief un, unattended to. You know what I mean? It's like, if we can just focus that, okay, well, this mm-hmm. good stuff is coming and this will be over. I don't have to sit in the hurt and the pain. Then yeah. you don't really have to do anything about it. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. I think it's really forcing everyone to just come to a place of like, okay, what needs to be looked at? What needs to be healed? at this moment. And when we're accountable to our own healing, I, I 100% feel like it inevitably heals collective as well. Absolutely. You know, so before we got on here, you said, you know, do you believe in astrology? And I shook my head. Yes. Mm -hmm. A resounding yes. But I want to ask you Mm -hmm. why, you know, what was on the other end of that? Because I think we then started randomly talking about something else and we never got there. Yeah. I was curious because I, I feel like I've been uh, yeah, I'm not an astrologer, but I do love to read about it and read and you know understand what's currently happening. And we're currently in Mercury retrograde in Scorpio, so you know 
<laughs> technology issues, you know, communication issues are, you know, it, it's abundant during Mercury in retrograde. And I do like retrogrades. Um, I do feel like it's an, there's an aspect of time magic because it slows everything down. So it forces us to slow down and take pause and be present. But this Mercury uh, retrograde in Scorpio, I think has been really interesting because Scorpio is a sign of like deep hidden truths. It's, um, I would say it as like the waves that are on fire. Like it's like, there's this, all this transformation that is available within Scorpio and we're in Scorpio season mm. right now. So it's kind of like that double, that double Scorpio around, like there's so much release and death and rebirth that is available. And I feel like with death and rebirth, it's like, we can resist it. We can resist it as much as we want, but then there's a greater force. that's like, no, you're gonna, you're gonna confront this. You're going to, you know, confront whatever needs to be healed or whatever you're not looking at. And yeah, I, it's exciting, um, but it's also intense as well. And I think we were talking about the energy right yes. now because I don't know if you've had intense dreams, but my dreams have been wild. <laughs> it's just like. That's all we need right now. You know what I mean? It's Scorpio season with Mercury in retrograde and an election in six days. You know what I mean? Seven days. It's just like yes. anything that could possibly make you feel agitated. We're here. You know what I mean? Like we're here. And I think, we're here. Yeah. I think by the time this episode airs, obviously we will kind of know our fate here as a, as a country. And, and I refuse to make this political because there's just so much of it that hopefully this podcast entertains people with it at times and also gives people a nice well-needed breath. But by the time this podcast goes live, you know, people will be listening to this and being like, wow, you know, that I remember that. I remember the week before the election feeling all types of fragility. And it's just, uh, it's things that are piling on top of each other. You know, the the injustices, the despair, the witness, even if you are not yeah. in a place of despair, yeah. you're still witnessing it. You're still witnessing it from other people. And so, you know, you throw social media in, into yeah. all of that and the need for healing is just greater because we have never had so, we've never had eyes on so many things happening in the world yeah. ever. My parents didn't yeah. have that. I didn't have it as a kid. You know, it's yeah. just, it is an incredible time. So I think like one of the, one big question I want to ask you is for someone that is just trying to tap into that grounding and tap into like, you know, the, the, the nature and, and being recognized by the trees, right? All of this kind of stuff and their ancestors. Like, mm. what's kind of like the Kiki Robinson handbook for dummies? And I hate to say that, that's <laughs> just using a pop reference. Like, what is kind of like the Kiki 101 for how to even gift mm. yourself that time? So usually what I suggest to people who are just starting off on their practice or just really wanting to create a ritual, like daily ritual to ground and center, I always suggest building an altar. Um, you know, like I was saying earlier, I feel like we hold our altars in our bodies and our beings um, first and foremost. But sometimes having a physical uh external representation of an altar creates a grounded space to be at, 
to commune with. And, you know, it can be so, so simple. It can be, I think we talked about having like a living altar outside in nature, but altars can be, you know, it's through the intention of like, this is a sacred space. This is a space that represents my power and my magic and my healing. And usually what I'll suggest to people is creating a space in the home, like the bedroom is really nice space to have that because it's intimate. Um, it can be somewhere that you can just be you. It can be your altar and a space to be present. And I usually suggest having like a beautiful cloth or like something that is sentimental to you as like the base of it, the foundation, and that represents the foundation of who you are in connection to earth and spirit, having a candle at center, just representing that life force, like the flame represents the life force of our souls. And then having representations of the elements. And that can be, you know, what's your relationship to air and how does that represent physically? What's your relationship to fire and water and earth? Have those representations. And then having on the altar, what represents your your power, what represents, you know, how do you see your beauty and your um, expansiveness? And it can be a poem, it can be an object, it can be stones, it can be a photo of you, you know, where your spirit is really shining through, or it can be something that you've created, like a piece of art, art, um, you know, I think it can, it doesn't have to be rigid and, but what I would say is like the most important thing is that it's through the intention of this is a sacred space to be with yourself and just even carving out 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes at night. I teach a lot of tarot workshops. Tarot is kind of my main jam. Um, and the tarot is such a great way to connect, you know, pulling a card in the morning and just letting it be on your altar, pulling a card at night, you know, and you know, putting it by your bedside, you know, that just, I think the like the simple and little rituals really layer and like they add up. Yes. Yeah, that's how I would, I would suggest. I yeah. think that is absolutely brilliant. And I love what you recommended. I actually did it. You said to, you know, this, this tree that's outside. And it's so funny because I do these little nature walks with my, with my son, who's 14 months old. Mm. And we go outside and we just literally just do a tour of the backyard. And I show him this one tree and he's always pulling at the strands and pulling at the leaves and we're kind of interacting with it. And we look up and we give it a name. And, and then I was like, yeah, it's definitely that tree. And so our neighbor brought over um, tomatoes because that's what people do here in Idaho. They're like, here, I had some tomatoes. If you want any extras. And we're like, that is absolutely lovely. So I put it down beneath the tree and I put like some different fruits that were kind of like going bad in the house that we hadn't gotten through yet. Yeah. And I just made it a little area. And now I see squirrels running over and just eating the fruit and taking the apples and taking the grapes. And it's like, this mm -hmm. is awesome. You know, this is like watching life happen before my eyes. Oh, I love that so much. I love that so much. Yeah. I'm like, yes. <laughs> it's all because of you. I'm sure I'm sure the tree loves it too. I can I can sense it. <laughs> it's so cool. It's just all so cool. And I think that's what's so wonderful about you is you give people an opportunity to access things that are bigger than us you know, things that are celestial, things that we'll probably never yeah. have answers to. It really just comes down to whether yeah. or not if you feel it, then it's real, you know, and to to play yeah. with that and to interact with that. And 
Um, I've learned so much from you and, mm. and I hope to anybody who's listening, I mean, obviously if you're in the Seattle area to see if you can reach out and, and at the very least do a virtual you know, session with you. It is so, you don't know how much you need something until you take that baby step. And I think if people yeah. are wondering and, and looking for something that's maybe just like a little bit different than the mm-hmm. traditional therapist or looking for something different than the ways that we know how to meditate or the ways that like mm-hmm. we kind of create these controlled environments of wellness around us. Like this mm-hmm. was this was such a cool jump into something that felt so safe and felt so me, you know? I mean, like you said, it's like we're all we're all yeah. just walking each other home and and it was mm-hmm. just so cool for mm-hmm. someone to see yeah. me and and thus me see you in that light. It's just um so high value. I thank you so so much. Oh, oh my gosh, I'm so honored. Yeah, I, every session I'm just like every session I do for people, I'm like I'm just so honored to be able to facilitate this, the ceremony of it. And it's, it's every session is unique and it's so different. You know, even someone who may come back to me multiple times, every session is going to be, it's going to be different and unique in itself. Absolutely. I know that you offer a couple of services on your website. I would love for you just to shout those out so people can have a better idea. I mean, I know there's like, I am the boss of my life activation. There's a whole <laughs> activation and visual, visualization yeah. on boundaries. Like, can you speak to yeah. that in your own world words about what um, different types of guided activations people can can look forward to? Yeah. So something that I'm really passionate about is doing guided visualizations. And there's multiple ways that I do those. So I have a few on my website that are, you know, pre-recorded guided visualizations, um, which personally I've found such value in listening to other people's, you know, other teachers' guided visualizations. It's really gotten me through some really challenging times to just have someone else's voice really guide you and connect you to whatever energy you're needing at that moment, you know, whether it be about boundaries, whether it be about your your magic, your true self, or, you know, a he- healing from a past relationship. Um, so I became really passionate about guided visualizations about five years ago and started offering them uh, to groups. And, you know, I do them... Um, now I do them more virtually since we can't be in person, but I do have some on my website. I also have a, a bunch of free ones on my SoundCloud. So I have a SoundCloud and then I, I offer like a Sunday night guided visualization and um, sound healing. So I'm really passionate about sound healing. Mm-hmm. And I think that sound is just so incredible and healing in itself. So through guided visualization and sound, I bring, you know, whatever that the, that group is needing for that evening. Um, do you so do ASMR? Kinda. You have like <laughs> the voice of. for it. You have like the way you intonate and the way that you speak and like the, uh, it's, it's, it's like, I don't know. I'm wondering if anybody is listening to this and they're like, this is like so calming. There is honestly something and it's obviously just, you know, registering with me and I'm sure thousands of other people, but 
this is, it's like a very healing voice. It just takes you, it takes like the cortisol, it takes everything down. It's like my kind of voice. That's all I'm saying. Oh, that's so sweet. I do like my own versions of ASMR when I do guided visualization. I call it like cosmic ASMR. Um, It's kind of become like a little bit of a joke between Sim and my friends and I. They're like, you're just doing your like star being ASMR. Um, um, But I I love ASMR. I love watching ASMR videos. So... um, yeah, that is I don't have my I don't have my YouTube channel up yet. <laughs> <laughs> He's like twenty twenty one. Okay, that's what I'm seeing beyond totally. January. <laughs> yeah, like it's just ASMR. I don't know. <laughs> Amazing. So, what do you have? Like, what's kind of I don't know. It's like nobody knows their one day plan. But like, where do you where do you see the next year for yourself? Like, what do you want to get into? What are you passionate about? Yeah. Um. I. So one of the main things I do is I created a Oracle deck um, with my co-creator, Ovamar Regisuski, and we, it's called The Living Altar. So uh, it's an art ritual um, Oracle deck experience. And we just created um, an art installation that is actually opening on Thursday at a museum, a new contemporary art museum here in Seattle called the Museum of Museums. It's for um, a exhibit called Good Witch, Bad Witch. And it's curated by um, Brie Luna of the Hood Witch. Um, so it's kind of, you know, opened up a whole new realm of creation um, around witchcraft. And so this next year, I'm really hoping to dive into art art making. Um, it's, you know, art making is my first, kind of my first passion and, you know, first form of magic. I'm a printmaker mm. and painter. So, and I do film and dance as well. So it's kind of a mu- multimedia experience. So I'm really hoping to get, you know, really reconnected and more deeply connected to the, those forms of magic um, through installation work and um, and ritual art. We do, Ilva and I do uh, rituals for communities. So we have a weekly uh, community ritual. We do it virtually. It's free. It's whoever needs um, support. You know, it's for the purpose of uplifting the prayers and intentions of our community mm-hmm. and supporting community. And we, so we create ceremony once a week. We, you know, uplift those intentions and we create, we usually create a film from the ritual. So we'll put the film out there and we'll say, this is what we created. <laughs> and, you know, this is what we saw. This is what we, you know, that what the spirits, you know, brought through for everyone. And so it's something that I, I mean, I love, I love being so connected to ceremony and ritual. So I'm hoping to continue that as well. That's exactly, you know, what it was for me. I think if anybody's listening and has any vested interest in um, energetic field work or, you know, creating a, a protective barrier around yourself, whether it's your ancestors or nature or whatever it might be, cord cutting. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a big one. Cord cutting Ooh. from things yeah. that weren't serving me back in LA, expired narratives. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kiki really it's yeah. it is it is very spiritual, very cathartic, very transpersonal. It is just an a true experience. And so um 
I would love to have you back. Like I would love to just stay in touch and see how the next year goes for you and see if yeah. you know if there's any room for any of us after January to to keep creating and um you know for those people listening how can we keep in touch with you? Like give us the you know the whole give us the the elevator pitch, the website, the Instagram, all the things. Perfect. So my website is www.opulentwish.com and I have like a mailing list. If you want to subscribe, you get special updates and special, you know, um, yeah, coupons or whatever. And then on Instagram, I'm op- at Opulent Witch. And then my Oracle deck and you know, ritual art project with Ilva, she goes by School of Traditional Magic, um, is the live the living altar. So livingaltar.com mm. and at the living altar on Instagram. That's amazing. Well, I am so appreciative. And, and I say that, you know, I know it's so hard to to sometimes say <laughs> what you want to say through, through a Zoom, but I'm just so appreciative and I'm so honored to know you. And um, you have been one of the high points of my, uh, of an otherwise very complex year and again, I would love to have you back. I think for anybody listening, if you if you loved this episode, if you want, um, you know, more kiki, so to speak, I would love for you guys to leave us a, a five star review, um, leave us a uh, you know, or five star rating, and leave us a review, and just let us know what you loved about this episode. This is Kiki Week, as you guys know, and so we're going to be sharing all the things on our Instagram at Off the Record with you, also through my skincare brand at Skin Owl. It'll be a double-decker a week of marketing for for the power behind this wonderful woman and this episode. And so definitely check us out. Follow us there. Follow Opulent Witch. Um, go check out all of her services on opulentwitch.com. Grab yourself an Oracle deck. Make yourself an altar, okay? And we say that unsolicited and without force. You do it when it's right for you. And, you know, it's fun to be curious. So Kiki, I wish you the best. Thank you so, so much for being here. Let's definitely stay in touch and best of luck with uh, the remaining year, the remaining months of the year. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be here. And yeah, right. We're like, we're in a, a bit of a wild ride, but you know what? We, we all have each other. So <laughs> yes, we do. Absolutely. Here, here we go. <laughs> here we go. All right, my friend, yeah. I will see you on the other side. And I appreciate you so much. Thank you guys so much for listening. So lock the door, put me in, put a finger to my lips Cause I can't say I'm not what I would do Off the record with you